We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 535. My name is Andrew Rotondi, and I am officially worried about the 2021 New York Yankees. Scott, how about you? Yeah, this team is complete dog shit. The, uh, you know, we had, we had five things to look forward on Friday. Five things. And one of them was to actually play decently and to show up against the Tampa Rays. And they what do they the do? They, com- they, they completely shit the bed. They do nothing. I don't care what field it was on. There. I don't care what, what grass was there, what turf was there, what field they were in. It doesn't matter. This team is bad. The manager is trying to talk people out of retiring, even after they personally say they're not good enough to play. He's like, wait a minute. Are you sure there's no wiggle room here? No, this is, this is, this is an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment the way that they're handling it. It's, a, it's an embarrassment that, that Aaron Boone thinks he has any control of this team. He's got no pulse right now at all. And every single person, every single person is lifeless. It's embarrassing. It really is. Aaron Boone made one of the stupidest mistakes that a baseball manager can make on Friday after the game when he had apparently a, a talk with the team. I guess he didn't check who was pitching the next day before he had that talk because it was Glasnow versus Montgomery. Now, by no means did Glasnow pitch lights out and Montgomery suck, but why are you going to do a team meeting 
before you're going to face the Tampa ace and you don't have Garrett Cole pitching. You do team meetings before Garrett Cole is about to take the mound, and that is when you do two team meetings. End of story. Look, I, I don't, I don't care about that. Jordan Montgomery's on the mound. You're at home against their uh, their number one guy. Yet the team meeting, if if that's going to rally you against their number one guy, then there's no better time to come out, you know, against their best pitcher. So I, I could care less about when that was. It's more of a, of the fact that it. It felt very short. Let's just talk about that. How it, nothing changed. Nothing changed. They played sloppy. They couldn't execute. Uh, thank God DJ LeMahieu was, you know, Higgy worked a, a nice walk today to get LeMahieu up, um, who came through with, with two outs after uh, it looked like Urshela was going to be stranded again uh, at second base after a leadoff double. But other than that, you know, you see Giancarlo found a ball. That you know, luckily he was late on and and hit a little laser beam to to right field and was able to keep it fair. It's it's just this team is lost at the plate. Every single person. I mean, it's 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 crazy. I've never seen such a team slump like this before. Because every single person, top to bottom, even Lemayhu, while a, a slump for Lemayhu is like a you know mostly a, a good day for other guys or a good week for other guys. But even him, I mean, he's starting to come out a little bit. But the entire team is slumping. It's it's a uh, it's, it's it's unprecedented for this team. It's 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 pretty bad. Michael K was uh, talking about it in the broadcast today at one point late in the game where he was just running down the lineup and he was like, and Aaron Hicks is three for his last thirty nine, and John Carlos Stanton is two for his last twenty seven, and Aaron Judge is three for his last twenty, and Clint Fraser doesn't have an RBI in his past sixty something plate appearances, whatever stat they want to use. I don't know exactly how that's a great stat to measure anything. But yeah, everybody up and down the lineup, Glaber Torres. There, there's nobody hitting consistently. And when they do get something good to happen, like an early lead um, with, with Giancarlo's home run, it's not like they ever pile on. Even if they have opportunities, they're not piling on. And when they get, they come back uh, late to tie the game with the LeMahieu bloop to, to right field, judges up with two runners on right after that. Whiff, not even close. Whiff by miss, missing by nine inches. It's like there's no there there's no mo, there's no momentum that this team I mean piling on sniff. is one thing, but getting a consecutive you know stringing hits together to get a couple runs across rather than a solo shot and a and a you know a, a base hit after after multiple failed attempts with a runner on second. So I mean they can't even they can't even string a, a few runs together, let alone pour anything on. It's a one nothing game at that point. Doesn't matter. Well, they're coming home for a series after a terrible road trip in Florida, and they're coming home to play who's probably going to be the uh, their toughest opponent in the division, although the division looks really tough, and they get swept. That's why I'm worried about this team. I know it's early. They're 5-10. and 10. They've got the worst record in the American League. What was the stat? Uh, Bob, maybe you know this, that this is the first time since like 1980-something that the Yankees this late in the season have sole possession of the worst record in the American League. It was, it was something, I mean, not that yeah. it's late in the season, it's 15 games yeah. into the season, but that just goes to show you normally, yeah, they might start two and four, three and six, but they're not going to be five and 10. Not that five and 10 is an impossible thing to get out of. I'm not saying the season's over. I'm not stupid. It's mid April, but you get swept but, at home. You look terrible. You're getting you swept lifeless. at home after you just lose two of three to that team. And then you lose two of three or you're, you get your ass kicked by the blue Jays as well. The, it's it. There's not really many signs of them coming out. If if this team slump is going to end, literally all of these guys have to do something different, or a few of them. There's not someone. 
usually you have a slump where you have like, okay, two to three guys maybe slumping, but the rest of the guys are carrying it. This is, this is crazy. This is one of those things that's just completely uh, identifying the massive flaws in this team. We were talking about last episode uh, with, uh, with Boone's comments about if we're not banging, we better be doing the little things right. They can't do any of the little things right. The fundamentals of this team are absolutely ridiculous. They're even getting them hurt. Gary Sanchez with that foul ball. The first thing you teach a catcher in Little League is to put his put hand, behind, hand his behind his goddamn your back. back. Just shield your hand. Put it behind your, your knee. Put it up behind your leg, your foot, your yeah. back. Whatever you do. Don't spread your hand completely wide open and just drop it in your, into your crotch just so it's completely exposed and maximum coverage, uh, you know, surface area to, to, to hit with a ball. I mean, it was like, here, hit me. And yes, it did. It hit him. Whether he was going to play or not, it doesn't matter. It wasn't, but it's just, it's just the little things like that. It's, you know, when, when the fundamentals are so bad, they're, they're, they're being exposed on all these little things on every side of the ball, all over the field, everywhere. Fundamentals cost them an otherwise good Garrett Cole start today. He struck out 10 batters. He pitched into the seventh inning over a hundred pitches. I know there were some nerds on Twitter, second guessing, bringing Garrett Cole out after he reached a hundred pitches. If you're not going to let Garrett Cole try and win a must-win game for you at home after he's already thrown 100 pitches and retired, I believe it was nine in a row, then then what are we talking about here? Like, just, just end the I game. I got no baseball. problem with Garrett Cole coming out. Even no that, that double to the gap was, was uh, you know, he was well out in front of it. He was reaching and poked the ball, and he found a hole. It was close my eyes, pray that the bat is still there, and he hit the ball. But here's the thing. Fundamentals cost them Garrett Cole pitches in early in the game because... Aaron Hicks bobbles two balls in center field. Clint Frazier overthrows a cutoff man. So that's two runs that scored. And it was something like, I think, 13 extra pitches that Garrett Cole had to throw in that inning because they can't field the freaking ball. We're not talking about making home run robbing catches. Aaron Hicks, don't bobble the ball in center field. Clint Frazier, hit a cutoff man. These are basic day one things, guys. Come on. It's sad to say when you see that your best talent evaluator on the in the dugout it retired and is like, you know what? I'm done. I, I, Man I don't know why I'm still here. He's looking around like, why, why am I still here? Like, I, do I really have to do? Why? Okay, Compared I'm going to these in. Guys. I'm going in. Compared Aaron, to these guys. Aaron, I'm so bad. I'm retiring. You won't pull me or or release me. I'm, I have to retire because there's no other way for me to, to, you know, send this message that I just can't play baseball anymore. The man How does he not get that bat in the ninth inning? How does he not pinch it for Odor in the ninth inning? Come on. You're already because yeah, you're down. Because all of a sudden now I could see him trotting out there and striking out and we're winning for, Jay, him for putting a retired guy out there. No, the crowd's going wild. People are let's do it for Jay, 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 no. Bruce, 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 Bruce. This guy walked into your office and said, Jay I am not good enough to play. Treatment. And you put him in in the ninth inning. You cannot do that. You just cannot do Whatever. that. Whatever. Whatever. It, it's, I mean, where, what, do you, what do you say after a weekend like that? I mean, you, you, you come out, and, and I knew the weekend was going to go to the shitter as soon as I saw that they weren't just going to keep it simple, stupid, and start Michael King on Friday night, and they had to get cute and go with Nick Nelson. Like, say what you want about Nick Nelson. Say what you want about Michael King. Michael King might never be a successful starter. Nick Nelson might be a fantastic bullpen arm. But Michael King is stretched out enough to give you five plus innings if all things goes well. Just start him. Just start him. Just be normal. Just be freaking normal for me one time. I mean, they can't even put their guys in situations 
to succeed. You're you're rolling out there. You have guys ready to start. King can start. There are there are multiple guys that were available to start for that if you really wanted them to. If you wanted to, Domingo Hormon probably could have started. If you wanted to, probably don't throw Davey Garcia on Wednesday for a full bullpen session. You could have had him ready for Friday. A little foresight would have been nice there. And instead, you roll a kid out who's, you know, uh, is he still a, is he still a rookie, Nick Nelson? Is he or did he get enough innings? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. No, He's I mean, young, whatever. very young. A- He's either a rookie or half of a player, half of a year in. And you're not putting him in a in a position where he's used to being in either. Let's start the game to be a gimmicky starter, and then have King. Is it really that big of a difference to have Nick Nelson in no. there for the first There's three, no difference. four guys of of the Tampa or anybody else, anybody no. else, including if you, if tell- Michael King? If you're telling me that you are truly believing in this opener strategy and you want to Chad use Green. Chad Green to start a game, I understand it. Chad Green is elite bullpen arm. Nick Nelson, Michael King, all these guys, Luis Sessa, it, they're the same. They're the same. It's no need to do it. The Yankees, I tweeted out on Friday. I was like, the Yankees are too dumb to use an opener. Not, And what I meant by that was they're not intelligent enough to successfully deploy an opener. Okay? So stop trying. Just be normal, guys. Just try and be normal. Try and get on a, on, a, on a winning streak. Maybe a couple good things will happen. And then you'll start to bang again in the words of Aaron Boone. And then it doesn't matter when Glaber Torres whiffs on a ball right there at second base to get a stolen base, uh, get a guy out at second on a stolen base attempt. So then Jordan Montgomery doesn't have to give up a two-run home run immediately following it. It's just, I, I, I looked at this team this weekend and there's not one positive thing to take away. No, there really isn't. There really isn't. Bob, did you see anything positive from this weekend that we're missing? I saw nothing positive. Nothing. Jay Bruce talent other... evaluation. That's that's <laughs> I, good. I was gonna... He can look in the mirror. He can look in the mirror and say, "You know what, guys? I'm tapping out. This is not happening. I cannot contribute. Everybody on this team is trash, but I also, I too, am trash, and I will retire. Good night." Good for good Jay for Bruce, though. Yeah, good, good for him. Good for Jay Bruce. <laughs> the most exciting thing of the weekend was when the fans on Friday night were just throwing the baseballs on the field in their disgust. And and I understand, like Michael K was freaking out. He was having a meltdown. Like this is a this is a disaster. You can't have this. Is a disgrace. Yankees fans, you need to be better than this. I don't. I'm not condoning throwing anything on on a field of play. But at the same time, they were expressing how we all feel watching this dog crap team right now. All right, look, so I was in the mountains this weekend and I was watching that game on really sketchy internet and I and it was going in and out. I did not see that, okay? So I went back and watched it. First of all, I don't think Michael K freaked out. I think you and Michael King have a, a translation problem Michael with K. the words and inflections and the way that he talks. You guys apparently are just not on the same page. And two, what was it? Like like two guys throwing, was it like two, a couple yeah. like drunk ass uh, dudes from the Bronx like throwing a couple, a couple things? It's not like the stadium was throwing things. When I heard about this, I was expecting like filling batteries, trash like and batteries and, and, you know, for, for whatever, like where Spitting are people on getting Santa baseballs? Claus. Are they, are they spending, are they spending like $19 on an official ball and then throwing it on the field? That's just stupid. <laughs> there was a, uh, I didn't see the, the, the big deal. It looked like a couple jackasses threw some things on the field and that was it. There was a funny thing. The, uh, this was like maybe six, seven years ago. The Boston Bruins did this weird promotion where they gave out like free roast beef wraps or something like that. So, so they were getting their asses kicked. And like there were like 700 roast beef wraps thrown onto the, onto the, the ice. And it's just like, how did you not see that coming? 
But yeah, I mean, I thought Michael K was a little dramatic about it. Bob, did you think K was a little dramatic about it? I mean, I didn't see the broadcast of it, but I mean, I did only see a couple videos of people throwing. So I was like, I mean, I didn't really make much of it, but I, I mean, I think it's just kind of, it's kind of funny. They had it, was, it was overplayed. It was well yeah. overplayed. I mean, the way it was, it was on like major headlines all over the news, wherever you find because news, it was there. Can't play baseball. So that's what disgrace you got to throwing Get, a couple, it, it a couple like, years ago too. Stanton was hit by the, the, the fan yeah. that threw it in Fenway. You got hit. Then, that guy like, was Henry Rowan Gardner out there yeah. from the monster, throwing him all the way back on the fly. Stanton Impressive actually, arm. I thought Stanton, I remember that. That was a 2018. Stanton just hit a moon blast to the to the bleachers in, in Fenway, and he gets drilled in the shoulder. He handled that well. He kind of just shrugged it off. But, yeah, good for him. I mean, it. look, throwing, throwing stuff on the field is never good. You shouldn't throw f- stuff on the field. But that said, it was right. overblown. There were, like, two people throwing things on the field. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, so, so I mean, normally we're, we we go through a bunch of different situations or or whatever it is. Like, what else do you want to like? My question is, I mean, for for both of you guys, Scott, you can start. Like, what what is one thing that you want to talk about from this weekend that that you think we need to focus on, other than the fact that just like, yeah, another weekend of terrible fundamentals, another weekend of of no offense, another weekend of the only starting pitcher really giving them anything in, in a real chance Garrett Cole. I mean Montgomery like, Montgomery thing. pitched Montgomery pitched well enough I, I think at that point I mean it was he was fine yeah. but the, I and and then the um on Friday night they're they're they were not put in a position to succeed so I'm not trying to give excuses to the players either but but this is one of the I'd say this is the most frustrated I've ever been with Aaron Boone to be honest when I'm looking at what's happening on the field I'm seeing any kind of responses any kind of emotion any kind of you know, adjustments or, you know, let's mix something up to, to, to shake up this, uh, this team. It's just the same shit all the time. And it's infuriating watching these guys. And this is where, this is when the money starts coming into play. It really does for me. I'm watching these guys and I know how much money they're making and they're just complete dog shit. And then they can't do the small things either. It's when you can't do the small things for your craft, to, to, to um, pick up the other teammates, or if you are struggling at the bat, which is where most of these guys make their money, you better damn well be able to do the other things to carry your, yourself and like, you know, have show some pride on the field and do, do the little things. And they just, a lot of these guys cannot do that. And it's, it's frustrating watching that up and down the lineup all over the field. I'm not singling one guy out. It's, it's multiple guys that are, I think the guy that I'm not, there's two guys that I'm, I'm sitting here, three guys judge. I'm, Fine, Judge. I, I, he struggles sometimes, but I think that he's done nothing to show me anything uh, other than that he's working his ass off. Gio working his ass off, and Lemayhu working his ass off. Everybody else, I don't know. They're 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 not showing it to me. And Boone and Boone is just doing nothing. He is he is really looking like a a Puppet. game manager, analytics bitch boy out there doing nothing. Because I don't know what he's. I, you, what are you doing? Getting mad? You getting mad? Are are, are we? Breaking toothpicks, like what's what's happening in the dugout? What's happening in the clubhouse where this guy's actually making a difference? Because nothing was felt. Well, Judge, after the the two homer game against the Blue Jays, I mean, he, he he looked to be like he was really getting locked in. Like maybe that that oblique or whatever issue he had last week was finally in the past, and he was getting locked. He didn't show up this weekend at all. And I go back to the at bat tonight or Sunday afternoon after DJ ties the game, and he has first and second. And it's a non-competitive at bat. He swings at off-speed stuff 
in the other batter's box, not even close. Non-competitive at bat with two runners on base when just get a freaking base hit, please. Maybe just make contact and maybe they'll make an error. But no, he doesn't even come close to making contact. I mean, there's a, there's a lefty coming in there throwing throwing meatballs and these guys can't, can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, Yarborough, Yarborough reminds me, you know who Yarborough reminds me of? Jamie Moyer, where it's just like soft, softer, softest. That's his stuff. He had the, he has the lowest average uh, fastball velocity in the major since 2018. It was something like 86 miles an hour. And they can't touch him. But that's what Tampa does. They start out the game with a guy throwing 97 miles an hour. Then they bring Yarborough in, who's sidewinding, throwing 76 mile an hour fork balls up there. And then they go back to the, their bullpen in the, in the the eighth and ninth inning. Throw. This is what Tampa does. They they the Rays are strategically built to own this Yankees roster. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's working. It's working very well for them. And uh, you know, apparently they don't show up versus other teams, but this but this Yankees team. They have, I think, they're five hundred now, right? Yankees are five yeah, and ten. They're five hundred, and they're they're yeah. four, they're five and one against the Yankees, and, and and they have just spanked them with a paddle since the start of twenty twenty. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's really bad. And uh, now there's a day off tomorrow, and um and the Atlanta Braves, who have a lot of young talent. And an old friend Charlie Morton coming to playing, uh, you know, pitching against us, uh, I think on Tuesday night. So we'll see what happens there. They're they're not doing great. I think they're six and nine after today, uh, or after yesterday. I don't know. So I, somewhere I start, in that range. I kicked off the show and I, I I said I'm worried about the Yankees and of, and you know those kind of for effect because it's 15 games. I understand, but like are are you worried? I mean, we're all disgusted with the way they they have played this year, but I'll no one's saying I'm, season I'm over. It it is season over. It's season over for the fact that unless they change something, because yes. the reason the reason being is because this team, this is exactly what we see in the playoffs. We yes. see this this type of team. We talked about this last week. Like the struggles of early in the season are actually evident. I think you brought it up last week. And you're they right. Materialize it, is, in it is a similar look. They just they they are overmatched. They have bad at bats. Some of these guys who are, you know, big power numbers in the regular season disappear. This is what's happening. Granted, it's on it's magnified right now because the entire lineup is doing it. But Geo's trying, you know, legging doubles out, getting hitting the going the opposite way. Uh LeMay who's blooping balls. Like those are the guys that we who had, we've identified as not the problem. It's the rest of the lineup that is either zero or or bang, as Boone says. And there's not much in between. And that's a big problem. So yeah, when you're looking at how you compete for a World Series, because that's where we are, it doesn't translate. It just well, doesn't so translate. Are you Things believer, have to change. Are you a believer in back of the baseball card? You know that saying. Yes, but again, this is, these are regular season stats. I, I, yes, I have no doubt that they will all pad their stats by the end of the regular season in 162. So, yes. But right, like we still think they're going to be in the playoffs. Like we're not ready to say this team's not making. No, I'm not. I'm not ready. I mean, to, they put I them, still think they're going to be a regular season team and show up, and these guys will hit. But here's the reality, it. though. The reality of a five and ten start is it's a lot harder now to win the division. It's fine. It is. There'll be a, there's a lot of games in division, obviously. So they they have they'll have plenty of opportunities to get yeah, back. And they're they losing to. them all in division. They've they've so lost far. Yeah, yeah they've lost five Baltimore. out of six to to yeah. But Baltimore is not going to be a team that's going to be winning the division. The Rays yeah. likely are going to be a team winning the division or potentially the Blue Jays or the Red Sox with how they've been playing. 
but they've lost five out of six to Tampa and they've lost three. Wait, they've also lost five out of six, right? To, to Toronto. Am I right on that? They lost the opening weekend two out of three and then they lost in, in Dunedin. They got swept. Didn't they get swept in Dunedin? No, no. They won the Garrett Cole start. Everything feels like we've, we've been swept. It feels like we've been swept in every series. That's what it feels like. I'm going to be honest. The, the, the wins are unremarkable. At this point, I, I know the wins are going to come because that's what happens to a team like the Yankees over the course of 162. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going to hit a lot of home runs in May, June, July, and August. But I stand by my, my thing I said on the last episode, we are going to be sitting here in the ALDS. If they make it talking about these same exact problems that we're talking about right now. And that's just infuriating as as a fan of this team to to have to do that year after year. So Scott, you're saying season over. Bob, what's your worry level after 15 games? I mean, I'm I'm worried mainly because there's just no reaction to this team. I mean, we've been talking about the same problems the last two weeks, and nothing has two, changed. Two years. Two years. Yeah. You're talking about. Like, you're talking about like. Uh, it's. Are you it's talking? Sl- about like We're, what you see them doing on the field, or is it more like emotion or like because they look lifeless and dead in, yeah, in the dugout? I'm saying I'm saying it's a little bit of both. I mean, I I said it to you guys the other the other day. There's no energy around this team, and I mean they make sloppy mistakes. We saw the other day it was we were up one run against the Blue Jays. A ball got by Higashioka. It's like that that should just it shouldn't happen. It's it's like at the major league level, like yes, it happens, but when you're trying, like, when you're down bad, like the Yankees have been the last two weeks, you need to get every chance you have to win. You need to take, and letting a ball pass, and then having it be a tie game, and then Bobichet walking walking it off, like that's, like it just can't. You got to win the winnable games because half of these games are over by the sixth inning. What's yeah, happening I, is is exactly what you just said. There, there's a missed opportunity, and the other teams right now are uh, the opponent is taking advantage of it with uh, with Glaber whiffing on that stolen base attempt where he could have uh, you know tagged the runner out. What does Montgomery do? Gives up a, a two run shot. So we're we're seeing you know uh, Tampa taking advantage of it. We're seeing uh, the Blue Jays take advantage of it. They're taking advantage of the Yankees' misfortunes because they're playing sloppy. Yet the Yankees are not being tight as as tight as possible, knowing that they are struggling to score runs and they can't give up anything. They, I mean, you essentially need to play for the shutout, right? Like that's the type of defense and the type of mentality you need to walk into. Like nothing comes across, nothing. And we will scratch and claw and get anything across here. We will work at bats and we will scratch and claw. And that's not the mentality I'm seeing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're still whiffing. They're going up there with the home run. Still playing. Look, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. I'm not going to make any adjustments because then I'll screw my swing up. It's just going to come back. That's a bad, bad mentality. So baseball is is a weird sport in the sense that it's the least physical out of all the major sports. Like you, you can just be, you can win a football game on emotion because you just you just be bigger, stronger, faster than that other guy on emotion for for a play or a series of plays. Hockey, same thing. Even basketball, baseball, you, you can't. But if you're not gonna get, if you're not gonna show some life coming into a home series, like we said, against Tampa after just a terrible road trip. I don't know when you're going to do it. Like this is, this was the weekend to show something and they showed nothing. And and, and then just from a viewer at home, it's, it's pitiful to see. Like I, I knew they weren't going to do anything late in, late in the game on Sunday. I had a tweet ready to go saying pathetic before the inning even started. Cause I knew exactly what was going to happen. They were going to go down one, two, three. And that's what happened. This podcast is sponsored by better help. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. All right, let's get to Bob's segment. This is quickly becoming a very popular segment on on the show. So, Bob, you have the floor. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been two and a half. It's been 15 games. It's been a shit show. We're all obviously getting worried, if you haven't been worried already. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty relevant question. What can this Yankees team do to turn this shitty start around? What do you guys think they need to do? If I'm the manager of the Yankees, I am starting by benching Glaber Torres. And I think because he's not helping you offensively right now. So it's not like you're losing anything offensively. And he has had so many horrific mental lapses in the field that I think you need to bench him. And and you kind of have to make a statement. I'm not saying he's benched for the season, but that's what they did with Gary Sanchez when he looked just pitiful at the plate and he was making terrible mental mistakes behind the plate. That's what you have right now in a young player in Glaber Torres that you hope 
is a cornerstone of your franchise, bench him. The problem with that is that there's nobody to play the position. <laughs> Tyler Wade's going to be called up once Jay Bruce is okay. officially retired. Okay, so Tyler Wade, again, here, here, he's not going to boot a ball. He's going to catch a ball and tag a runner out. That's for sure. That's true. I, my, my defense of Tyler Wade forever has been the last man on the bench. That's where I like him. I don't like him as the starting shortstop. So it's, um, it's five days. It's four days. It's not It's not the rest of your life. It's, it's got to be more than if you're benching somebody, you got to make a statement. So now you're rolling with Tyler Wade for, yeah, almost a week, I'd say. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a significant... The you gotta the do. Week. You gotta commit to that if you're gonna do it, or you move Geo over. Uh, you know, and couple days. We wait. Wait for uh, wait for Luke Voigt to come back, and hopefully he comes back a, a little earlier than 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 normal. And you can shift things around because if that's the case, then you can slide Geo over to short even more, and he's gonna get more time over there. If the way this is going, he's going to get some more time at shortstop this season uh, if Glaber doesn't, you know, check his ass and get this thing get this thing turned around. My my answer is is that these guys do have to change their approach. They just, they they have to. They have to make adjustments. They have to make adjustments based on who is pitching, based on what they're doing, the way that they're seeing the ball. They're major league baseball players. They need to get extra time in the cage, work it going the other way. You just have to be better and understand that right now, your your approach at the plate, the, the launch angle approach is just not working. It's not working. And if you have to just sit through that and take it until it works, then that's a major problem because that's that will plan, happen though. again during the, during the playoffs. They believe their approach is best and they're willing to wait through it because they think that's the way that this team and the is problem, going to the win. problem for this, the problem with this is that it's based on a sample size. And when you start getting that sample size smaller and smaller and smaller, the results don't are not the same. The rebound is not the same. The way that you're able to score runs in a small amount of time is not the same. So unless you have some situational time in season where you can actually practice this and work on this and effectively, you know, execute this at some level, then when you get to a situation where it's necessary later in the season, it's not going to be there. Unless you have a little bit of confidence and you know that this approach you've sprinkled in a little bit more. Like be better, make adjustments. Make adjustments. If Yarborough is coming in and he's throwing 75 miles an hour and you're chasing everything, make adjustments because that's what they did. And they owned you with a guy that's coming out there like a like a, a freaking Sunday Ironman adult league uh, baseball player. That's what that looks like. That's the equivalent. Yarborough is the equivalent of me going out there throwing 75 miles per hour and these jackasses swinging and missing every time. It's embarrassing. Your strategy is undoubtedly the one that needs to happen long-term if this team is actually going to succeed and win a championship. I mean, I guess I was taking a more short-term, what can they do this week to potentially turn something around? But but I, I totally agree with you. Like the, the, the approach needs to change and the approach has not changed for four consecutive years when it matters most with runners in scoring position. They continue to take the same approach rather than just try and make contact in certain here, here, the pro- One of the problems with like benching one player right now is it doesn't make sense because everybody is sucking. So I benching know one sucking, dude just looks like you're singling. been sucking. But you're singling but, somebody but out he for, might be for the an worst entire team. The worst. An entire team that's doing terrible, terrible. And singling Benjamin one guy out too. actually doesn't, doesn't really work. It just makes it look like the entire team is like, okay, he's singling him out when we're all struggling. I, I don't know. I don't think that works, especially with Boone. Who just hasn't, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. So it would be out of nowhere. I know he's not, but they did it with Gary Sanchez. 
Okay. They did it with, they, we've seen this happen. I don't know if it helped the team or not, but I look at what Glaber Torres is not doing for the Yankees right now. And he's just costing them games with his defense and he's not doing anything offensively to help them win. Yeah, it's bad. It's a really bad situation. They need to play better. Let's get at the end of the day. Bob, do you have something really quick that like, boom, let's do it to turn this thing around? No, I mean, I like what you guys said. I like the idea of letting the, some players like Libertoris kind of reset because I think that's what a lot of guys can need. I think it's like when, you, when you're going back-to-back games every, basically every day and you're struggling and struggling and struggling, sometimes you got to just sit back for a day or two and be like, all right, screw all that bullshit that just went down these last two weeks. Now I'm, I got to go into this with a new mentality. It's a new start, fresh start. Let's throw everything out, throw, throw everything out that just happened. I got to restart and I got to go forward with this. That, that's that's one thing. Benching a guy is a different approach. Like what you're saying right now is like, okay, look, we need to reset. And that's exactly, I was off. listening to the broadcast today and Sterling was talking about Cash who sat um, uh, two of their starters. And he was basically saying they weren't there. They were um, they were late on the fastballs. They just weren't there. They needed a day, needed a day to get that that timing back. Like very reasonable, very, very sensible approach here. Like they got guys to back him up. He's he's confident as other guys. Sat two dudes to uh to to help them. One of get them their was a Rosarena, who's like Yankee murderer. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know, and it worked. But but that's what he's doing. But that's but that's Kevin Cash, who who makes that type of move. Whereas if unless it's a scheduled off day, Aaron Boone's not sitting you. Or yeah, or Garrett Cole's pitching, and you know we can use the excuse of someone you know getting his hand smashed by a baseball because it's hanging out there, framed and and uh, you know has a target on it. We all yeah, know this, who's going to catch Garrett Cole today. At this point, we're so desperate for a win too. It's like he's not going to he's not going to bench these guys if his, he thinks it's going to hurt the team. He's got no pulse. That's the problem. He, he doesn't exactly. know what's going to hurt the team or, or what or what uh, will help the team at this point. Okay. I was uh, premature for the mailbags before, but please let's get to the mailbags. This is uh, I'm getting very angry. Yeah, so just the getting angry. One, <laughs> the first one is fr- from Will from Pelham, New York. He said, "I'd like to pick up the discussion you had on Monday around why the Yankees seem to have difficulties with fielding the ball when playing the Rays down at Tropicana Field." In the discussion, Andrew observed that, in addition to the slightly dimmed overhead lighting at the field, the synthetic turf is dull and flat. Scott, you dismissed this saying. What, what would the playing surface have to do with the quality of light at the ballpark? I think the answer is a lot. I've always been interested in painting and photography, and it's, the, it's a fact that how, how any object appears in the eye is influenced by two types of light, direct light sources and reflected light sources. If the direct light source is strong enough, an object will begin to assume the characteristics of the surface of which that light is being reflected. Every painter and photographer knows this, which is why in any studio, in any studio, you'll always find reflective screens, which are used to brighten and sharpen the scene. What does this have yeah. to do with baseball? Well, real grass does have a, reflect, a reflective sheen to it. But if the turf at Trop has a flat, muted quality to it, then that could easily impact the sharpness and the clarity of a sharply hit ball. And if the Yankees fielders don't play there very often, I can only imagine why this would affect their lives more why this would make their lives more difficult so in this case gents i think andrew was right i enjoy the show even though i'm a mets fan thank you and shout out to your boys kemp and harrison Uh, let me go first i'm right congratulations you have the you have the uh the approval of a mets fan congratulations and um i appreciate the uh the continuation of the conversation 
And I'm sorry, Will, to shit all over you in one second. Hold on. Okay, so I looked it up. Um, and I understand what you're saying. First of all, the, let's let's get something very, very clear here. When Andrew was talking about that, he was talking about watching it on television. And then he then he went into the uh the you know the convenient way of saying, yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about, the reflective sheen. Okay, first of all, we can I looked go back up exactly and to the, the turf because I did, and that's what I said. I looked up the turf at, uh, at at the trap. It's called Shaw Sports Turf, and specifically, they have a um, a a model, you know, of this turf called the True Hop. The Rays. I'm going to read this from their website. The Rays chose True Hop Triple Crown Synthetic Turf System from Shaw Sports Turf to upgrade their playing surface. This was 2017 to meet the Rays' performance requirements. Shaw Turf tuned a surface dialed into the Rays' specific specifications of playability. The new field excels in performance characteristics like ball roll or ball rebound and is known for mirroring the aesthetics of natural grass to create a visually stunning field. So what this is saying is that they modeled the exact aesthetic of natural grass that's got a sheen to it. It's not dull. I've seen most turf doesn't have a dull muted quality. It's usually, it's like plastic. But this one does. You've been there in person. You even said it. No, no, no. I was not talking about the turf. I was talking about the lighting in this place in general. I'm reading to you, you what the, the lighting stuff is made. could affect it's made the brightness to, of to the turf. Meet the, no, to meet the aesthetic of natural grass. Either way, the place is a shit show. So anything, whether it's you could have natural grass in there, get rid of science for, for a second, put natural grass in that dump, and that play, and it will look weird because it's a hockey arena. This is the this is the major problem here. It's a hockey arena where they're playing baseball. I don't care if you have blue turf, green turf, natural grass, the shitty turf that they had from back in the day, or this new Shaw sports turf that's mirroring the aesthetic. I understand this, the qualities and all the things that he was talking about for, uh, for, for you know picking up a ball and all that. At the end of the day, the place is a dump. It's a minor league hockey arena, and it doesn't matter. But for my side, it's the same aesthetic. So there you go. Paul O'Neill also said on the broadcast that it's always harder to pick up the spin of the baseball. Let me ask you a question. Did Paul O'Neill play baseball in the trap before or after 2017? Just answer that question. Uh, I know, obviously, before 2017, but we were talking about the lighting in the place, okay? The yes, lighting in the was place is about. bad. And then, and then somehow this got into a grass slash turf conversation. The lighting in the place is bad, whether you have grass or you have turf. It's a bad, it's a, it's a dimly lit minor league hockey arena. It's very difficult to get any type of, um, you know, similar lighting to any other, any other stadium or arena. It's not even arena or, or, uh, or dome in baseball because they're just, they're made for that. This, this is not made for that. There's a, there's a goddamn aquarium in center field. There's a goddamn aquarium in center field. And um, that's no, that's no fabrication. They're a better team than you, though. They are so much better. It's not funny. It makes me so mad, nice. too, when I see that field. Thanks, All Will. Right. Thanks for backing me, Will. All right, so the next one we got is from Zach, who is from Scranton. He said, have you noticed that if Mac Blake comes out to the mound to visit a pitcher, or even if Gary goes for a meeting, Odor always runs in and is involved? I kind of like it, and I think it shows leadership. What do you guys think? This is where we are. Rookie Odor is the Yankees. He's, he's been here for like six games. Three days. 
He's figuring out what the hell they're talking about because he doesn't know the signs. That's why he's there. Yeah, he's probably trying to know the signs. If there's a new thing, yes, he's that's probably, exactly why that's he's exactly there. what he's doing. Yeah. Exactly why he's there. Yeah. Moving on. Next one is from Jason Alexander, not George. Not so sure what that is. Bob, Bob, you don't get that I reference. I knew you were no. gonna get that. Yeah. I was waiting, no, I was waiting Bob. to see if he was gonna so, sink or swim. I'm very no, sorry. I was waiting. It's okay. You you shouldn't know. <laughs> why would you know? Why would I have you know? He's no the idea. answering machine on the voicemails. Too. He's the answering machine on the voicemail. <laughs> okay. Okay. So he said, Hey guys, we need to talk about the lack of fundamentals and sloppy play that has been an issue with the Yankees for a few years now, i.e., base running, fiascos, and poor defense. Poor basic fundamentals not improving should be a reflection on the coaching staff. But the modern manager is supposed to be a buddy and an effective communicator that of all of all the analytics and the front offices are spitting out. So I'd like for you guys to address these bad fundamentals. But more importantly, like so many fans, I fear that right now baseball is going through this weird era of over-reliance on analytics and managers just being the, these inexperienced communicators. At some point across the MLB, this whole era will be exposed like the wizard behind the curtain of, in the Wizard of the Oz. Wizard of Oz. And we'll look back on this Yankees core as wasted. Thanks and go Yanks. Bob, before, before we move on, like... I feel your pain because I used to have to read the mailbag questions and I always fumbled the words. And, and do you know what? People, just, they, for some reason, too, my Siri just went on on my computer. So it just went on again. You don't have to so give excuses. Mid, I get it. Mid reading, I'm, I'm hearing in my ear. Sorry, I could not pick up what you just said. I'm, <laughs> I and I'm it, trying Bob. to read the Wizard of the Oz. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of what's the going Oz. on? <laughs> Wizard of happening? the Oz and, and, and George Costanza. There's too many references that, uh, that are way, way, way older than you. Way before Bob's exactly. time. It's not fair. But, but I mean, basically, um, we touched on everything that, that not George said there it was more of just like he's frustrated with all this stuff we're all frustrated with this stuff and 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 yeah i think the the, right now boone might not be the best manager for getting guys out of playing like crap i gotta tell you the one thing that hit home so badly on this on this um, mailbag is the is the fact that we're we're wasting an era of of a good talented team right i mean there's multiple things that that we could say and why this era to date has been has been wasted. There's been it's been weird. It's been um they've their injuries have been bad. We had a freaking cheating scandal. We had there's just so many things. And now you're looking at your there's a two-year window essentially for for us to either, you know, for for them to get to the promised land or not get to the promised land. Otherwise, this roster is gonna look very different. That said, when you look to see, I was reflecting on this as when I was driving home today. Uh, about Joe Girardi. And and I was missing Joe Girardi today. I was. Because when I'm looking at that 2017 team and 2016 team even, looking at how much fun those teams were, how much fun that it was to watch these young guys play out of their minds because they were, they, what do we call it? We call them, it was the dumb Yankees. This was the opposite of uh, of what you're talking about with the starter. They didn't know any better, but to mash the ball and to do well. They didn't know that they were supposed to uh, wait three to four years to succeed. They they had success out of the gate. They were they were playing young and dumb, and that was working really well because their talents were taking over and they were having fun. And what has happened since Joe Girardi, who you know was a an, a, a, an out or a couple outs away from the World Series in a in a against a team that was 
was literally cheating. And then also with a, a team of just unexperienced young dudes, we went to Aaron Boone, who has zero experience, who has no idea how to turn this team around, who has no idea what to say to this team to make them, you know, to, to hit the right the right pulse and to get them going on a uh, on a day where they're at home against their division opponent, their biggest rival to date in the past two to three years. So I was missing Joe Girardi today because Joe Girardi would have lit a fire under their ass. Joe Girardi would have doubled down on the on the fundamentals. He would have been out there with a goddamn fungo bat and and drilling these guys and making sure that Glaber Torres is getting the proper tagging technique at second base. He legitimately would have been, would have done that. And Aaron Boone is not touching that, not touching that, and it's a goddamn shame. So it's just it was a yeah it was a it was a it was a sad ride home when I'm listening to the end of that game and just how it ends and and knowing that Boone's just not saying anything. I I said this last episode on the Friday Five. Joe Girardi's teams didn't come out looking like sloppy fun like playing sloppy fundamentals out of spring training. They were ready to go. I understand perhaps he he wasn't the best he wasn't the best manager. Okay, he made tons of mistakes. But he did a lot of the other things well that Aaron Boone's not equipped to do. And yeah. and maybe the right decision was not we need a new manager who who's an effective communicator to these young guys. Maybe it was we need to bring someone else to add to the room with Joe Girardi that can more effectively communicate. Aaron Boone right? is a bench like, coach. Let them learn for a little while. God forbid. That's what they did What's in Mattingly the forever until they until they wouldn't give him a job. Ostracized him. What's the last one, Bob? So the last one is from Jeffrey D. Bartley. He said, guys, first time writer, love the show. Why not daily? Buster is getting old. I think we I think we're all open to the game evolving with time, provided the changes have meaningful impacts that make the product more competitive, entertaining, and providing lasting memories. However, I feel the rise of the nerd power could be reaching a point where historic moments, games, triumphs, and, and failures could also could be lost upon us. For example, we know the nerds are here. We know the nerds are against base stealing. If the nerds were in control in 2004, would David Roberts attempt to steal second in the ALCS? Would Aaron Boone lead off the bottom of the tenth in the 2003 ALCS? What would be, the nerds be saying about Kirk Gibson in the 1988 World Series? I look at what could have been with Blake Snell in last year's championship and how nerds pulled pulled him. Emotion and near superhuman acts are a part of the game. Am I wrong to think nerds could be de- diminishing the product we love and the moments we cherish? What Yankee moments would have wouldn't have happened if the nerds had their way? I dug hard for this question because I thought it was a great question. I was like going back. I even I even employed Frank, uh, our our resident nerd, to think back to like the '90s and 2000s. Like, find me a moment that if the nerds were running things would have been differently. And and we couldn't really come up with a specific play. The closest thing that I thought of was the 1996 World Series, Mark Wohler versus Jim Larritz. Maybe the biggest home run of the Yankees nineties run because that got them back in the series and they ended up winning it. And I'm like, would they, would the nerds let Jim Larritz, a right-handed hitter face Mark Wallers, a guy who's thrown 98 miles an hour with a devastating slider. It's not the best matchup. However, they didn't have any other options to pinch hit for him because he, he had already pinch hit come in to catch after Joe Girardi started. So they, I was just trying to think of things like that. Um, and other things I thought of, it's like, what would nerds, how would like nerds look at a guy like Tony Gwynn, 
who was like a perennial 360 hitter, but he was just like really a singles and a doubles hitter. He didn't hit many home runs at all. They'd be like, well, he doesn't have the WRC plus of these guys. And it's like, well, Tony Gwynn's like one of the best like pure hitters I've ever seen, but they would probably shit all over him. Yeah, because he doesn't have the the production, the 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 power and the the run scoring production. Yeah. Well, I don't know what what's going to be what would change and what wouldn't or what you know what other good moments are created because of of uh you know the the decisions that are made because you could look at the Dodgers side of things and it could be that's the you know one of the best things that happened to them. So you could look you you mentioned uh, he mentioned 2004 with uh with Dave Roberts not stealing that bag. I think I'd be okay with that. You know, so like there's there's a there's a few things you look at it. You could always you could probably find the grass is greener. That said, it's different. It's just it's just very different. And and to the uh, to the point of a diminishing product, yeah, I, I kind of do believe that because of everything we've been talking about today. I think a lot of these statistics and a lot of the ways uh, that that um, baseball is evaluated today is it it actually does take away a lot of the fundamentals and the and what's happening in game. What are the important things because of the big sample size. And when you start looking at just a big sample size, you start losing what's happening and you get a sense for what's in game and what moves the needle in game. What uh, you know can get a guy out of a slump? What could get a team out of a slump? Stealing a base uh, with two outs and a, a, a single in the eighth inning to tie a game like very much could rally a team, fire that team up, and you never know what, ha- what could happen for something like that. That's not, a, that's not a situation that would happen right now. So... There are well, there, the lack of the small things and the fundamentals to me are, are the reason why. And that's because of what they're looking for. And they're looking for production in large sample sizes. I do think it's helped pitching, though, because I think the pitching has has been able to get more specific. Um, so I think like overall pitching has gotten better. But at the same well, time, I mean, pitchers the are, are pulling the, the pitchers out of the game earlier. So. Diminishing because they believe they believe maximize velocity and effort for a shorter period of time to get the best results. It's That's almost the, the complete opposite plus. of what they look at for the offense. The offense is over a large sample size, and and yes, while the the pitching maybe uh, have a sample size attached to it, it's it's so micro in the moment that that it's it's very much a, a mind shift in how they think of the offense. I mean, the, the game largely today from a front office standpoint is managed in spreadsheets and algorithms and, and all these programs and the fundamentals and stuff. Those don't show up in the, in the line items on the spreadsheet. They show up in the game and they cost teams games or they win teams games. And right now they're costing the Yankees games. And, and that's why it's just it's. What's the word? It's if, it's just if the Yankees were hitting home runs right now, it's not fun to watch. And, and we're, you know, 12 and three. Probably wouldn't be talking about this. No, but 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 even if so, Boone's. I go back to Boone's comment. When you're bang, when you're not banging, you have to do the fundamentals right. This team hasn't done the fundamentals for for years, and they have been banging, and it still costs them games. So you can still lose games fundamentally, even when you're banging. Yeah, because everybody else is banging. <laughs> everybody be banging. Everybody's banging. They're all hitting home runs. Joey Wendell be banging. It's not unique. Yep. All right. Well, I have a feeling that the voicemails on this episode are going to be awesome. Cannot wait to hear those. If you guys want to leave a voicemail, they're back for the 2021 season, and we may have brought them back at the ideal time, Scott. 646-480-0342. Put that number down in your phone and call it anytime you feel the need to vent, or if you want to call it and tell 
like why you disagree with us or agree with us on the podcast. That's also great. Maybe you can educate Bob on the Wizard of the Oz and who George Costanza is. Anything. We will take anything and everything. Scott, any final words? Hopefully they use this day off to uh, to do exactly what Bob was talking about. Take a step back. Understand that things aren't going and change that approach. Mentality needs to shift. The bottom line, the mentality needs to shift. It starts with their with, with, with everything between the ears. If they don't get that straight, they're 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 going to go on an even longer skid because, I you know, just, just flipping a switch and having nine guys start to hit home runs doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. So something's got to give here. All right, we will talk to you later in the week. Let's roll these voicemails. George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. There are some serious problems with the chemistry of this team. I really think we need Luke Voigt back. I think he's the missing piece. It's not even funny right now. You know, I was really worried that Aaron Hicks was going to ruin this eighth inning. But leave it to Gary Sanchez to bungle the whole fucking thing. Hey, it's me again. I got more to complain about. Currently getting blown out by the Rays on Friday night. It's pretty much your typical Yankees game lately. We're getting shut out. There's no offense. We're making errors all over the place. We went with Nick Nelson to open, and that was a terrible idea. It's just pretty much a perfect storm of Yankee shittiness right now. And here we are just getting blown out by the Rays once again. This team is disgusting and a disgrace. And Brian Cashman, the analytics department, and Aaron Boone should all be let go. And they have destroyed this generation of Yankees, which should be a competitive World Series favorite every year. It's disturbing, and I'm done watching this team. Hi, all. I'm going to Yankee game for the first time on Sunday, for the first time in a long time. Uh, Cole versus the Rays, and I am not excited. First time in a bunch of years, and I said, you're going to game. You want to know why? Because Cashman is still a GM, and his stupid bullshit launch angle, and his stupid bullshit roster construction is still happening on this team. This is the first time I'm saying it out loud, and I'm happy to say it. Fire Cashman. The Red Sox have gone through four or five GMs and have won four World Series. The Yankees have stuck with the same bullshit every single year, and you have some putts sitting over there doing absolutely nothing. And every single um, offseason, he doubles down on his dumb freaking mistake. Yes, I'm trying to tell you about those Yankees. Uh, they say that they don't win and got some pitches and stuff. The pitches are awful. All the one that we got that we can trust is cold. The rest of them is garbage, pure garbage. And Chapman is pretty good, too. But the rest of them, they need to go. Piece of crap, man. And the damn batters in the, and our guy get on base and can't even get it home. Now, that's really sad. And that's how the other team beat our ass. They get on base and they get two or three people at a time. I'm, a, I'm from Florida, but I love myself the Yankees ever since I was a kid. And my, my, my 
70 years old now. So I appreciate y'all need to get y'all shit together. I just want to come on here and uh, say that uh, shout out Brian Cashman uh, for his three-year experiment of a lineup of all righties, absolutely no left-handed threats. Uh, you have a switch hitter who can't hit from the left-handed side. Um, and I just want to say congrats, Brian Cashman, because this is probably the worst fucking team I've ever seen field. I guess this team's just not as good as people thought it would be. I mean, I think some Yankee fans are treating this 5-10 and 10 start not so much as its own season, but as a runoff, a continuation of last year where they had that the 5-15 and 15 start and... A lot of it is the same. This lineup right now is not producing at all. The defense is as bad as it's been in a long time, which is saying a lot because the Yankees over the last 20 years have been one of the worst defensive teams in baseball statistically. And I mean, the pitching staff just hasn't really improved. It's surprising to me that a team that had such a bright future in 2017 has just plateaued and actually even regressed in such an inconceivable way. This team is brutal. Every single game is the same story. Unless they get up early, they're done. They go down a couple runs, it's over. They tuck their tail, fold up the shop, strike out, pop out, round out the double plays, the runners on scoring position. If they even get runners on base in the first place, other than Cole, the pitching's up and down. These guys have no heart, no desire, no drive. Hicks is just trash, gone, should be gone. I don't even know at this point. It's strange not seeing anyone showing type of emotion. And also, I'm calling for a full rebuild. Chances are this team will start playing better. They'll probably even make the playoffs. But if, it's, if you don't have a championship caliber team, you might as well rebuild. And I wouldn't mind seeing everyone go. So Gardner, he can finish his career as a Yankee. Thanks. Bye. This is me. Every single game day. You know what? We've lost two in a row. Can't lose again, right? All right. Nope. Lost again. You know what? We can't lose four times in a row, right? Uh, there it goes again. Finally. Finally. On rest days. Rest days are the only days that we don't lose. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.